It's Colossians chapter, sorry, Colossians chapter 4. And I'm just going to read a few verses from the beginning of Colossians chapter 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer anyone. Well, we are in which we are reminding ourselves that we are better together. We are better together. And, uh, and last week, uh, sorry, uh, just to remind you of the, of the 40 days of community, uh, seven, the seven Sunday messages, which is, this is the second, six memory verses to learn, uh, which Gary has uh, reminded us. The idea is that you do uh, learn the memory verses and uh, there is a key tag uh, this week's key tag is on the 40 Days of Community desk in the coffee lounge, so don't forget to get that to, uh, to add to your previous key tag. Uh, six small group studies, I'll say a little bit more about that uh, later, to attend, and of course 40 uh, daily readings to read. This is what 40 Days of Community uh, is made up of, and we want everybody to join in. We want the whole church uh, to be part of this as we remind ourselves that we are better uh, together. Uh, last week, uh, we uh, were thinking about why we need each other. And if you were here, you'll remember that you turned to the person next to you and you said, do you remember what you said? I need you. I need you. You turned to the person. Let's just do that again because you obviously can't remember that. Just turn to the person next to you and say, I need you. And, uh, and make sure... Uh, if nothing else, you'll know that you're needed. And what, and what we, were, we were thinking about, uh, I need others to walk with me, uh, I need others to work with me, I need others to watch with me, I need others to wait and weep with me, and I need others to witness with me. That's what we were thinking about last week. We were giving the big picture uh, about working together. And uh, this week, uh, it's uh, day eight of the 40 days, so uh, we're getting into it now. And uh, we're thinking about reaching out, that last one about witnessing together, about how we can reach out better together, how we can reach out better together. I don't know if any of you uh, saw on the BBC News a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, there's a, a new church started in, in London, uh, a brand new church. Um, but it's a church for people that don't believe in God. It's a church for people who don't believe in God. It's, a, it's run by a group of atheists. And if you look at it, you might think it's just a, any ordinary church. They're meeting in a, in a disused church building. They've got the, uh, the person stood at the front speaking. They've got a, 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 I'm going to say worship band there, but they've got a band there. Uh, you can see people in the congregation, the people speaking. He's even using uh, a PowerPoint to help him in his, in his speaking. Uh, but they're doing church without God. And 200 people turned up. Uh, 
And in the interview, the guy was saying, uh, whilst he doesn't believe in God, um, he recognises that the church actually has a lot to offer in terms of community. He likes the idea of getting together. They even sing together. Uh, They sing secular songs. They even have a time of quiet meditation together. And then somebody gives uh, uh, an encouraging talk. And uh, it just struck me, the idea that not that... There's two things struck me. The idea that people are looking for a sense of community, which of course is what 40 Days of Community is all about. The people are desperately searching for a sense of of community, of togetherness, of meeting together with other people. But also the frightening thing is, is that you could be a church meeting together that totally ignores God. And uh, I suspect uh, that it's not just the atheists that are doing that. And the idea that you could be a church together and not reaching out and not getting involved in evangelism, I guess uh, a lot of churches might be guilty of that. You know, in my time of being a minister, I've had a lot of people knock on my door and complain about all sorts of things. They've complained, uh, you know, that the, the music's too loud. They've complained that the music's too quiet. They've complained that the sermons go on for too long. They've complained even, believe it or not, that the sermons aren't long enough. Uh, all sorts of complaints. But nobody's ever banged on my door and complained that we're not making enough disciples. You know, we are in the business of making disciples. That's what we do as a church. That's, our, that's what we produce. We produce disciples. And if we're not producing disciples, uh, then we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing? Well, this is what we, we're doing. That's the Atheist Church in London. Uh, you're standing together, side by side, with one strong purpose, to tell the good news uh, Philippians 1.27, is that the verse you brought, Peter? How's about that? That's the first verse uh, on your sheet, if you've got the sheet, if you want to follow. Uh, there's some at the back if you've not got one, if you find it helpful. Uh, how about that? The first verse reminds us that we're in this together, that we're better together when it comes to evangelism, that we're standing side by side. This isn't something that you have to do on your own. Most people, when we mention uh, evangelism or reaching out or sharing with other people, they think, gosh, that's a scary thing. That's for people uh, with a special gift of uh, evangelism. It's for somebody else. It's not for me. And today what we want to be saying is that it's for everybody, but we can do it better together when we stand side by side. It's much easier for us to share the good news. You've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. You've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. Notice the word partners because we're going to look this morning at ways in which we can be partners together. And uh, we're going to be spelling out the word partner and thinking about seven ways in which we can partner with one another so that we can reach out better together. And uh, the first, the P in partner, uh, stands for pray together. Pray together. I don't know if you attended a, a small group this week. Uh, if you did, one of the things you'll have been encouraged to do is to have a prayer list. Uh, to pray for people within your uh, family, within your friends, within people you work for, who don't know Jesus. And to make a list and to pray for them. I was actually absolutely gobsmacked when I uh, first became a Christian. The number of people that came up to me and said, Richard, we've been praying for you. Some people said, we've been praying for you for years and years and years. And I had no idea. 
I had no idea. I was absolutely oblivious to the fact that people were praying for me. This is the great thing about evangelism. You can start just by praying for people that don't know Jesus. You don't even have to speak to them initially. You can pray for them. You see, uh, some people think that you've got to argue people into the kingdom of God. People can refuse and, and refute our arguments. Uh, people can say, I'm not interested in what we have to say to them when we want to share the good news, but they can't stop us praying for them. Prayer uh, gets to places uh, where we can't get. We can pray for people from afar. So praying together is the first thing in uh, partnering together. Pray for us that God will give us an opportunity to tell his people his message. We can pray that God gives us opportunities to share our faith. The reality is we all have opportunities. And uh, that's the verse for this week, isn't it? The memory verse. The idea of making the most of every opportunity. The reality is every single week each of us gets opportunities to share the good news. We're just not always aware of it. We sometimes miss opportunities. I'm sure you've all been in a situation where you've missed an opportunity. Uh, We all do it. I did it this week uh, on Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, you'll be impressed to know that uh, I was up at a crack of dawn, uh, queuing with all the other blokes at the supermarket with my bunch of roses, and, uh, you know, having chats with people about that. I went downstairs in Tesco, and I got myself a Costa coffee. And I had the bunch of roses in my hand, and the person said, oh, you brought me some flowers. I said, I'm sorry, they're for my wife. I said, I hope you do get some. And uh, she said, I don't think I will. As I drove away, I thought, I've missed an opportunity there. I should have gone back up and brought a rose and given it to the person and said, God bless you. You know, we miss so many opportunities just because our minds are somewhere else. We miss opportunities. Pray to God that he will make us aware of the opportunities when we see them. Pray to God that he will make opportunities. The action step, there's an action step for each of the, each of the, of the points Make a group prayer list. Make a prayer list. If you haven't already done it, make a list of people that you want to see in the kingdom of God. Make a list and pray for them. And keep praying for them. Don't give up. Keep praying for them. The A in partner stands for appeal to common interests. Appeal to common interests. Before you can share the good news, as well as praying, when you, we do actually want people to get to the point of sharing the good news. Before you can share the good news with people, you have to be able to relate to them. You have to build up a relationship. If you just go to people coldly, hands up this week if you've received a cold call from somebody on the phone. Hands up if you've received a cold call. Did you welcome it? Was it an irritation? Did you even bother to engage in a conversation or did you just put the phone down on them? Nobody likes cold callers. Nobody likes it. We don't like it. Uh, We can't share our faith. We've got to earn the right to share our faith with people. We've got to build up relationships. We've got to find common interests with people and, uh, and relate to them before we can have the privilege of sharing the good news with people. Whatever a person is like, I try to find a common ground with him so that I will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. I do this to get the gospel to them and also for the blessing I myself receive when I see them come to Christ. When I see them come to Christ. The action action step is to discover common interests in your group. Discover common interests and, and build up relationships with people. Uh, not just so that you can share the good news, 
but because you genuinely love and care people. As Gary's mentioned, this whole thing is about focusing on love, and people will recognise whether we genuinely love one another and when we're genuinely sharing our love with others. The R in partners, of course, stands for reach out in love. Reach out in love. We've got to reach out in love. Part of the problem with evangelism is is most of us feel it's something we ought to do, uh, but we don't really want to do it, if we're honest. Uh, You know, if I said on on Monday night we're going to uh, have a prayer meeting, I'd get quite a good number of people here. I'd get quite a good number of people. If I said on Monday night we're going out into the community to share our good news, I'd get a lot less people here. Because if we're honest, um, it's something that we know we ought to do, but for one reason or another... We don't feel comfortable in doing it. Um, we, if we're honest, we don't really want to do it. And uh, the R is about reaching out in love. If we, if, if, we, if we really love the community that we live in, if we really love our friends, if we really love our family, are we not going to want at some stage to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them if we really love them? Reach out in love. Because we loved you, we were happy to share not only God's good news with you, but even our own lives. It's about sharing who we are. And uh, our relationship with God is central to who we are. Uh, It's central to who I am. I can't share who I am with you without sharing my faith in Jesus. It's part of who I am. You know, I'm 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 a father, I'm a husband, I'm a brother, I'm a son... Uh, I am a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. It's part of who I am. And if I'm going to share who I am with my friends and my family, I've got to share Jesus with them because it's part of who I am. Jesus lives in me. And I'm happy to do it. And that's the point we want to get people to, where you're actually happy to share the good news. Where you don't think, oh no, you know, we've all been in that situation where we feel we ought to share something about Jesus and somehow I've got to get Jesus into this conversation and sometimes it can come out uh, really wrong and really awkward and it just, it's not natural. It should be just a natural part of us. You know, when I, when I meet with people, I'll talk about uh, football very naturally. I won't think, is this person going to get upset if I, if I start talking about football? Uh, I, I, just, I just say, did you see the match last night? What did you think? I thought United were great. <laughs> It's just, it's just natural, isn't it? And uh, we've got to try and get to that point where sharing our faith is just as natural as sharing anything else about ourselves. It is not my business to judge those who are not part of the church. So often, uh, we're judgmental of people that aren't followers of Jesus. So often, people are more aware of what we don't agree with or what we don't believe. It'll be interesting tonight uh, for those that come you know, to talk about gay marriage. The reality is... Uh, the church has got a bad history when it comes to the way it's dealt with people who are gay. Uh, most people who are gay wouldn't come anywhere near a church because they would feel that they're not going to feel, they're not going to be welcomed, they're not going to be accepted because they've got this message uh, that the church doesn't like them. We've got to stop being judgmental. We can't tell people who aren't followers of Jesus how to live their lives. We can't even tell our governments about which laws to pass. You know, we do live in a secular country. It doesn't worry me that that, that a law is being passed that says gay marriage is okay because, uh, you know, the government can pass whatever laws they want to pass. 
Uh, we're not... Uh, we're not involved in the, in the government. We're, we're not, you know, the church and the state ought to be separate. That's why, uh, you know, we are uh, a Baptist church and we're not tied into the state. So we mustn't be judgmental of, of other people. Whatever we do, uh, it is certainly not for our own profit, but because Christ's love controls us now. It's all about sharing Christ's love in a, in a positive way where people come away uh, thinking this is a positive experience I've had of church or of a Christian, talking to a Christian. We want people to come away thinking this was a good thing, not feeling uh, condemned and judged. The action step is ask God to give you a deeper love for others. Ask God to give you a deeper lovers, love, for, especially for those that don't know Jesus. Because if we don't care about people, uh, that will come across. And if we really care for people, you know when you've been somewhere, we've all been in a shop or a restaurant or a cafe where the service has been terrible. Where it's obvious that a person doesn't care whether your coffee's hot or cold. They're not bothered. And, and you go away thinking, I'm not going to go there again. That was a bad experience. We want people to have the best experience possible when they bump into a Christian, when they come into the church. That's why I'm always going on about serving the best sort of coffee. I want people uh, to come to church and think, this is a good experience. I don't want them to get a little green cup with cold, uh, lukewarm coffee in it and uh, a biscuit that looks like it's been in the cupboard for about 10 years. I want them to have a positive experience and think, wow, these people really care. They really do care. Ask God to give you a deeper love for others. The T in partner is about telling your story. The T in partner is about telling your story. Telling your story. You are God's instrument to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference he's made for you. Each of us has got a story. We've got a story about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, you might not be an expert on many things, but you are an expert on you. And of course, we know it. We've all talked to people, haven't we, who love to talk about themselves, don't we? Uh, We've all been in those conversations where the person does nothing but talk about themselves. We are an expert on ourselves. We know everything about ourselves. But we're also an expert on our relationship with God. We know our story. And one of the things we need to do is to tell our story well. And also to tell our story concisely. So that when the opportunity arises for us to share, we know what we're going to say. We're not suddenly caught off guard and think, oh, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And blurt out something that doesn't make any sense. We need to practice telling our story. And one of the challenges in the small groups is for people to just practice sharing their stories. In a couple of minutes, being able to share something about their relationship uh, with God. Listen and I'll tell you what God has done for me. Really what people want to know is what difference has God made in your life? Has it made any difference being a Christian? What difference? That's what people want to know. What difference does it make that you are a Christian? How does it help you? How does it help you cope with situations? How does it help you cope at work? Uh, How does it help you deal in in family relationships? How does it make you uh, a better person? How does it help you cope with failure and disappointments in your life? Listen and tell you what God has done for me. 
The action step is write out your story and share it with your group. That's a challenge for this week, to be able to share your story with your small group, just to practice. And people can say that was good or that was bad or it was indifferent. And you need to practice telling your story. And the small groups are a good place to do that. It's a safe place where we can be honest with one another. And we can help one another, encourage one another and build one another up. Okay, the N in partner is for nurture friendships. Nurture friendships. To build friendships. Uh, Be friendly with everyone. Don't be proud and feel that you are smarter than others. Make friends with ordinary people. So many Christians, uh, the only friends that they have are within the church. They say to me, Richard, I've got no one to reach out to. I've got no one to invite because I don't know anybody who's not a Christian. We need to make friends with people around us. Real friendships with people so that we've got a bridge to walk across to share the Gospels. We need to be friendly people uh, that people want to be friends with. We need to be friends with our neighbours, with our families, with the people that we work with. In his home, Levi, this is uh, in Matthew, uh, this is Matthew, gave a big dinner party for Jesus. Many fellow tax collectors and other guests were also there. This is a story of, of Matthew, the tax collector. When he discovered Jesus... He invited all the people that he worked to to a party. And then he invited Jesus to come. Uh, We need to get into the habit of uh, inviting our non-Christian friends uh, to occasions where there'll be other Christians there so that they might hear the good news, so they might be able to relate with Christians. We need to get into the habit of inviting people to church uh, when we know there's going to be a service uh, that's particularly relevant. We need to get into that habit of even inviting somebody to your small group, just inviting them to your home and say, we're doing this 40 days of community, why don't you come along? Uh, you never know. We presume that people are going to say no, but some people will say yes because they're desperately looking for that sense of community. Uh, and that's the example, Matthew inviting people who he worked with to a dinner party. The Holy Spirit does not want you to be afraid of people, but to be wise and strong and to love them and enjoy being with them. People will know whether you enjoy being with them or not. You know, if you're constantly looking at your watch and uh, and looking over your shoulder, people get the idea that uh, you're not really uh, wanting to engage with them. Uh, People can sense that. Action step, bring a friend to your group or plan a party. Uh, you know, throw a, throw a little party in your house and invite non-Christian friends to come along uh, to mix with your Christian friends. The E is expect God to act. It's obvious, um, but sometimes we don't, do we? Sometimes we don't expect God. We pray to God and we don't actually expect him to do something. Uh, expect God to act. Expect God to do something when you pray for your non-Christian friends. Expect God to work in their lives. Let's be an expectant people. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, it says in Hebrews. Um, We need to expect God to act when we ask God to do something. And we know, uh, sometimes we pray and uh, we're not sure whether God's going to do it because we're not sure whether it's within God's will. But we know that when we're praying for people to become Christians, it's got to be in God's will. Because God wants everyone to come into his family. So we know in that situation that we're praying within the will of God when we're praying for somebody to become a Christian. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins 
are forgiven. That's the story of the four friends that brought their friend to Jesus because he had a need. Uh, he couldn't walk. They brought him, and uh, you, you know the story where they made a hole in the roof and they lowered him down. Uh, they knew that Jesus was able to do something for their friend, and they brought their friend to Jesus. Action step, never give up on anyone. Never give up on anyone. Some of you will have friends or even members of your family that you've been praying for for years and years and nothing seems to have happened. Don't give up. As I said at the beginning, I was gobsmacked when people came to me and said, we've been praying for you, Richard, for years and years and years. They've been faithfully praying for me and I had no idea. And uh, their prayers were answered, but not immediately. And sometimes, you know, we live in this quick-fix world where we want everything instant, and if God doesn't answer our prayer instantly, we just leave it. We've got to keep on praying. Don't give up on anyone. Keep praying. The R, represent Christ with your life. Represent Christ with your life. We are Christ's ambassadors. We represent Christ. If somebody knows that you are a follower of Christ, you might be the only gospel that they're ever going to receive. They're going to look at you and they're going to judge Christianity on you. They're going to look at you and they're going to look at how you react. They're going to see how you behave. They're going to see how you respond. We are Christ's representatives and we represent Christ. Whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus. And just to remind ourselves in every situation, you know when you're going to get cross or you're going to get angry at something, just remind yourself that you're Christ's representative. Remember those little things that people used to wear on their arms? What would Jesus do in this situation? That's what we've got to be thinking of all the time. Again, it's being conscious, being aware of the fact that we are representing Christ. You might think, well, that's your job, Richard. You're the minister. You, you're the representative uh, no, we're all representing Christ. Wherever we go this week, just think you're representing Christ. What an honour. What a privilege. All the places that are going to be uh, gone to this week by the people that are gathered here, and you are Christ's representatives. Do all you can to live a peaceful life. Take care of your own business and do your own work. If you do, people who are not believers will respect you. Again, just emphasising that fact that people are watching you. And uh, we've got to earn people's respect as we seek to follow Jesus. Action step, pray to God, use me. Pray to God, use me. It's a dangerous prayer to pray. But why don't you pray, God, will you use me this week? And then you've got to look for the opportunities that God presents to you. And you've got to step out and, uh, and use as opportunity. Pray to God, use me. So there we have it, partner. Pray together. You know, when we pray for people, we become more aware. Appeal to common interests. Reach out in love. Tell your story. Nurture friendships. Expect God to act and represent Christ with your life. Are we going to be a community that reaches out in love? to the community of people behind, be around us. Let's look for opportunities this week to reach out. In your small groups, uh, can I just say to the small group leaders, uh, take particular note this week 
of the idea of a project for each small group, the idea that each small group does a project. Imagine seven or eight small groups, each doing some sort of project, reaching out. It doesn't have to be to the community here. It can be the community where your small group meets, or it could be the community here. But don't miss that opportunity as a small group to actually decide we're going to do a project together. We're going to step out. We're going to reach out. Because it would be so easy to do the Bible studies and to look at the Bible and, 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 and to do the Bible bits and think, oh, we'll leave the, we'll leave the, the reaching out project because uh, we've not got time to do that. That's the challenge uh, this week to, uh, to, to in your small groups. And if you're not in a small group yet, it's not too late to join one. Uh, they've only just started. I would encourage you, have a look at the 40 Days of Community Desk. Get your tags, your memory verses, and uh, sign up for a small group today. And uh, let's partner together as we seek to reach out. Let's pray together.